0: Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarraga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. I want to start uh, this morning sharing the word of God, but not uh, without praying. So um, let's just close our eyes for a second. Let's pray. But this time, uh, or yeah, this time again in the hands of the Lord. Father God, uh, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your love, your grace, uh, your mercy. I just pray father God uh, for your Holy Spirit to give us uh, revelation to give us um, to 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 teach us your word Lord let me just be an instrument uh, of yours, father God, but I pray that uh the Holy Spirit will be speaking to us and uh, and uh, the the Holy Spirit will also be taking away any distraction and will give us the, the knowledge and wisdom we need, Lord, for this morning. In, in the name of Jesus, I pray. We worship you, Lord. Amen. I want to share uh, today a message called The Better Waters. It should be more something like The Better Waters Made Sweet, which is the, the title that is uh, there in the, in the New King James Version. For Exodus 15, verse 22 to 27, the better waters, the bitter waters made sweet. And I will, I want to put um, this story in, in context in here, that we will know where is um, all this coming from. So we all know, or the majority of uh, of us at least, we all know the um, the story of how Israel was. The the people of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. In Egypt, I mean, sorry. And for whatever, I think it was 420 years, they were there as slaves. And God said, hey, you know what? It's time to deliver my people. It's time to send uh, a prophet uh, that will go and speak in my name and will take them out of Egypt all the way. To the land that I promised to Abraham. So, Jesus. So the Lord sent uh, Moses, and after a lot of struggle with the Pharaoh, finally the Pharaoh led them out of the of the of the country, the, the of the land of Egypt. The Lord set them free. When they were uh, about to to cross. The Red Sea. They couldn't go around because it was gonna to take too long. And the and the army of Egypt, of the Pharaoh, who now was now regretting uh, the fact that he let them he yeah, he let them go. He sent his army to either kill them or bring them back. So the Lord opened the the, the Red Sea and in, in, in tour he made a way in the middle of the Red Sea that he could cross it in dry land. After this the uh, Egyptian army tried to cross the Red Sea but the, the Lord closed the water on them and of course they, they perished. So here was the the people of Israel celebrating that the Lord set them free. People of Israel were were celebrating that the Lord um, um, was going to give them their own country where they were not going to be slaves anymore. But the Lord told them, hey, take 12 spies and and go and check the, the promised land and see how good it is. But the 12 spies went and 10 out of 12 came back saying, we won't make it, uh, we will perish, and started to complain and all this kind of negativity. They were not believing what the Lord promised. Only two of them, Caleb and Joshua, had uh, the, the faith to know, yeah, there are giants there. It's, it's going to be hard, but if the Lord is with us. We will make it. So the Lord said, you know what, because this generation decided not to obey my commandments, I'm going to keep them for 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, until this, this generation perishes, and that the new generation will uh, receive the, the promised land. So, right after this, they started to go around in the wilderness, not going anywhere, really. The Lord was just um, um, taking them in circles, if you will. Just, like I said before, for that generation, all of those that were um, older than or that had 20 years or more, the Lord was basically waiting for them to, to perish to give to the new generation the promised land. And that's how they come to uh, this, this body of water, or I don't know how to call it, this pond, this lake, exactly. What was it? Not sure. But uh, verse 22 on Exodus um, 15 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shore. And, then, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. They were thirsty in the desert. They were um, going through a process. The Lord wanted to uh, test them. The Lord wanted to see what was in their hearts. So the Lord says to the people of, uh, I'm sorry, so Moses says to the people of Israel, Okay, let's go out. We just crossed the, the Red Sea. And people are saying, hey, Moses, you know what? But we need water, and we all need water. That's, that's for sure. They needed water to drink. They were thirsty. Nothing wrong on that. But when they finally found some water, um, verse 23, let's read it. Now, when they came to Merah, they could not drink the waters of Merah, for they were bitter. So can you imagine this? These people, they were almost dying. And the Lord was saying, go ahead and walk in the wilderness till you'll find water. But when they finally found water, guess what? It was not good for drinking. They were gonna die. Just drinking a little of this water, and all of them, all of them will perish. Of course, hey, they were disappointed. I can get that. I understand uh, that they were expecting, hey, good waters to drink, but what a huge disappointment. The waters that they found were... uh, Better now. I want to um, just make a parenthesis in here. What is the, the the meaning? The meaning. I'm sorry. What is the meaning of being in, in the desert? What does the Lord sometimes take us through deserts? Why is the Lord sometimes taking us through long process or processes in, in, in our life? The first reason is when we sin. Sin or disobeying the Lord will never take us to a good place. When we disobey the Lord, when we don't live for the Lord, when we don't listen to His Word, when, he, when we do not um, submit to the commandments of the Lord, when we don't believe that, what, that His plans are good for us and we do our own and we do what we believe is correct and we do what what we think it's better at the end we will realize okay I'm just going in circles in my life but going nowhere when we try to do things in our own way when we try to resolve our own problems When we don't don't ask to the Lord for help, and especially, like I said before, when we do not submit, we go nowhere. We're just going in circles in life. Many times, we are continually thinking of, why is my life not getting better? Why do I feel that there is no purpose in my life? Why am I feeling like I'm going nowhere, like I'm going in circles, starting all over, and but always coming back to the same place of lackness, shortage, or, or, or bitterness, frustration. So that's one of the reasons why many times we're going around in the desert for not obeying the word of, the, of, of God. And number two, hey, sometimes we gotta say, yeah, hey, I'm obeying the Lord. I am submitting to to the to to his word. But for some reason that I will share right now, I came to the desert. Even if the people of Israel submitted to the word of God, still they were going through the desert. Because between Egypt and, and the promised land, there was a desert. They had to go through the desert anyways. Obeying or disobeying. The difference is that when we obey, we stay in the desert. But when we obey, when we submit to the Lord, it's just a short process, or at least the process is shorter. We can still go through a desert even though we are in obedience, because the Lord knows there is a good reason, because the Lord wants to know what is in our heart, because the Lord wants to test our faith, because the Lord wants to know if we will complain or not, if we will will be discouraged or not. But when we obey to the Lord, even though, We're in the desert, it's going to be a way shorter process than when we are not obeying the Lord. Is that making sense? Amen? All right, great. I close that parenthesis in there. So, the reason why they were right now in the desert was because of basically both. Reasons, partly because they did disobey, and partly because the Lord want, wanted to test them. James 1, verse 2 to 4, says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fail into var- various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. The Lord wants us to be perfect, that we won't lack anything financially, in our family, in our health, in our whatever way you want to put it, but also in our spirit. In our character the Lord wants to build your character and sometimes in order to um, build your car- your character we gotta go through deserts for a time we gotta go through a hard process that we will know the power of the Lord if we're always if you will in in paradise living in, in part of that, in a paradise How are we going to know the the power of, of the Lord? In order for us to receive a miracle, the Lord will not just do a miracle just because. The Lord will always do a miracle or work a miracle because He knows we need it. But in order for us to be in that position of needing a miracle... Of praying or of asking to the Lord we need to be in the desert and the promised land who's gonna ask for a miracle if, if if you're in the in the perfect place if you will but when we're go through when we go through the desert through the process is when we even more realize how much we need the Lord now I want to talk about about the waters which is um, where I want to put my my focus in right now. That's the desert. The desert means a, a, a process. You can't get there even through disobedience or the Lord just testing you or processing your life. Now I want to talk about the waters, the bitter waters. What the people of Israel was thinking, it was the solution or the remedy for their problem, it came to happen that it was now worth than the sickness, if you will. They were to a point of, okay, what's going to be worth, worse? Dying here without drinking water or drinking this water and, and die even faster. Verse 24, back to Exodus 15, verse 24 says, And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? People started to, to blame Moses and say, Why did you bring us here? Why did your God bring us here? Exactly what what else were they saying, don't know. But they started to complain. If you continue reading the the book of Exodus, it is all the time them saying and complaining for 40 years, all the time complaining about why did the Lord uh, took us, uh, what did the Lord take us out of Egypt where we had everything. Yeah, we were slaves. Yeah, we had no freedoms but at least we had water, at least we had food, at least we had a, a place, and complaining, and complaining, and complaining about, about um, how their life in Egypt was better, which it wasn't. That was a total lie. Their lives in Egypt was not better. In fact, the, 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 the um, pharaoh, was killing their babies so they won't so the population won't grow how is that a better life than than the desert <laughs> hey you know what it's it's better to be in the desert sometimes than in slavery at least if you're in the in the in the desert at least you know the lord is working a process in you and that's going to be for a time but to be in slavery or to go back to Egypt, that's not, that, that's not any better at all. The Pharaoh was killing them. Was, uh, they were suffering persecutions. Um, they, the Pharaoh didn't uh, want them to worship God and all these things. But yet they were thinking more of, oh, we couldn't worship the Lord. Uh, the, the, Pharaoh was, the Pharaoh was killing us but we had water and food at least. What's that? Many times when we go through this process, we're in the desert, and then to make it worse, we find bitter water, something we don't like. Immediately we start thinking, oh, my life before being a Christian was better. My life without the Lord used to be great. I used to have this. I used to have that, and that's I don't think that's, that's correct. Never, never your life before the Lord was better than now. Just the fact that the Lord is with you, even if you're in prison, even whatever circumstance uh, uh, circumstances you're going through, just the fact that the Lord is with you, to have the, the worst life possible with the Lord is way better than having the worst life possible. Or, or I'm sorry, or if, I'll say that again, sorry. Having the best life, the worst life possible with the Lord is better than having the best life possible without Him. Amen? So, just the fact that the Lord is with you, your life is way better now. Now, the, the waters represent in this, in this story, if you will, the people of Israel. In fact, you and I. In, in two ways. Number one, that's what I said, disappointments. The bitter waters represent in this story the disappointments of life. When things don't work the way we want them to, to work. The bitter waters, and here represent that miracle that uh, maybe you were expecting or you wanted the Lord to to happen, but it never happened because His will was different. But you, but we feel discouraged. The disappointment of life when you get a job thinking that the the job is is the best job ever, and after three months, you realize, okay, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Disappointments of whatever unexpected, unexpected things to happen. A family member pass away. You lost your job. Whatever disappointment you can think of. It's what these bitter waters represent, disappointments of life. But there is something else that represents, or uh, this, that, re- that this water represents, and it is our own life. Now I wanna give this example. If somebody that is going through sufferings or through struggle, or even if it's somebody that has the best life ever, that has no problem, whoever it is approaches to you saying, hey, I need prayer, or I need somebody to talk, or I need, I don't know, just somebody to share my my problems with. Somebody that, that comes to you in need of water, somebody that is thirsty and comes to you, maybe an unbeliever comes to you saying, hey, you know what? I need, I, I need a solution for my life. I need a remedy for my life. I need something that will give my life or that will give me a new life. So if, if somebody comes to us to drink of our waters, because it's in need, because it's thirsty, because it's going through the wilderness, through the desert, what kind of waters are we? I am a bitter water? Am I the kind of person that is always complaining about everything, that when somebody comes to us to talk about their problems, we start to talk about our problems, and we start to to talk about uh, how even more horrible our life is? Or we start to complain about whatever, or whatever is going on in the world or in our own life? Is this um, uh, person that approaches to us going to find in us bitter waters or sweet waters, or sweet waters? It's something that we have to think about. What kind of water I have in me? to give to others that are thirsty? Are other people finding support in me? Am I an uh, an approachable person? Am I somebody that is easy to approach or that I have no problem to approach to somebody else? Just to give an example. And I wanna open just a parenthesis in here just to say how important is that people will always know that they can count on us. Especially here at church, when we come, or at least this is what I like to do, I like to say hello to everybody, or at least as much people as I can. Even if it's just waving your hand, or just saying a few words, Show appreciation to others, especially here at church. Showing love to others. Many people that come to church, not necessarily to this church, I'm talking about the worldwide churches, the only place where they find love is in church. Many people out of church, they just have terrible life. Maybe they won't tell you. Maybe they don't say it. But many people comes to church expecting to find love from others. And that's what they should receive from us. A hug, a word of appreciation, even even if it's just a hello. But when we come to church, and we are okay, and I'm not talking necessarily of this church, I'm talking in, in general, what a church should be. When I come to church, I am an, an, and I am okay just w- walking around, saying, not saying hello to nobody, not, not even saying good morning, not even saying nice to see you. That is not correct. What kind of bitter, or, or what, I'm sorry, what kind of waters do I have to give to others? Bitter waters, not even acknowledging their existence, or not even saying a word of appreciation. And many will say, hey, Pastor Nathan, but there is some people that, that are shy. It's not that they are bad people. It's that they are just shy. Still, still, we can ask the Lord to help us with us. If you feel like, hey. No, I'm too shy, whatever. Just ask the Lord to help you, to show appreciation to others, to show your love to others, which is our job as a Christian. One time, and, and this has happened many times um, in, in my life, people will approach to me and say, Nathan, I, I, I feel that, that, that people, they don't love me. I feel that, that people, uh, they, they don't say hello to me, nobody wants to be my friend, whatever, whatever, whatever. Why people don't love me? People, they don't love me, they don't love me. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. The thing is that our job as believers is not to make sure that people love us. Our job is to love people. I don't have to be to go around making sure people loves me. I have to go around and make sure I'm loving people. At least with a word of appreciation, a hello, a, a nice to see you, a good to see you here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I close that parenthesis parenthesis again and back to the to the to the word. What kind of water am I? Am I the the kind of person that when others come to me, they just find bitterness and they say, hey, you know what, (laughs) I don't want to be with Nathan anymore because every time I talk to him, he's complaining about soccer, how Colombia's not going to the World Cup, how Italy is almost not going to the World Cup. (laughs) Am I the kind of person that people say, Oh, I don't want to talk to Nathan anymore because, hey, you know what? Every time I call him, something wrong is, is going on with his life. Always. Always complaining. Or, or, or always, I don't know, being selfish or whatever. Or am I the kind of person that, had, that has sweet waters that whoever comes or approaches to me will find love, We'll find the grace of God, the wisdom of God. Waters, good waters to drink. That's what the waters represent, at least in, in, in this mes- message that I, that I want to share. And there, there is way more to say, but I just want to focus on those two things. Number one, disappointments of life, which all of us will have them at some point. And number two, the, what, what kind of waters are in me if somebody else that is thirst, thirsty comes to me to drink of my waters. Now, to continue to the, the, with the story, because that, that's not the, uh, the end of the story, of course, um, I want to read verse 25. That's the, the last verse from the story that, that we'll be reading. So after the people came to, to Moses to start to complain and to blame him and, and to say, this is your fault, this is all about you and your God, uh, we wasted our time, now we're going to perish here in the desert, we should go back to uh, Egypt and let the Pharaoh to kill us and work for the Pharaoh for free and then be killed by him. Moses, the, uh, verse 25 says, So he, Moses, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord show him a tree. The Lord show him a tree. What's going on in here? The Lord, <laughs> you're crying out, saying, Lord, you know what? These people uh, is thirsty. They're gonna perish, but before perishing me, before dying, they're gonna kill me. Please do something. And then the Lord says, look to the tree. Look to the tree. And you're like, what? Look to the tree? Can't you just just send like a portable water pump that will clean the water? Or can you send chlorine or something that will clean the waters? But the Lord made things in ways we cannot imagine. The Lord works in ways we do not understand. So there, there was a tree and the Lord says, "You know what Moses? Go to that tree, cut it off and cast it into the waters." Says, "When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet i'm wondering if uh, our brother aaron which is an expert in water treatment can explain what's going on in here how come is that there's a tree and you just cast it into into the the waters and the waters change from bitter to sweet how is this working now this tree makes me think in a story that happened right after God created the world. He created the, the, uh, the, the planet, he created the animals, nature, etc., and he created also Adam and Eve. He put them in a garden and said, To them, you can eat from any tree of the garden except from the one of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the only tree that you cannot eat from. But there was, in in the garden, for sure, there was a lot of special trees, a lot of special fruit that, I don't know, probably they don't even exist anymore. I don't know. But there was two trees that were very special. The one I just mentioned, the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But there was another tree that it was even more special. That it was called the tree of life. The tree of life. Adam and Eve were totally free to go and eat from this tree. No problem. They were in freedom of go and eat from the tree of of life whenever they wanted. But you know what? It wasn't enough for them. The tree of life was a symbol of Jesus with them. Jesus was the tree in whom we find life we're feeling like we need to, to, we need life in us. We feel like we need that, that, something that makes sense to our lives. We need to go to the tree of life and eat from the fruit. However, Adam and Eve said, oh, it's good, the tree of life, but we want to try this other tree. And then the rest of the story You know it. They were cast out of the uh, garden, and then God basically closed the access to the garden. But he said a reason. There was a reason why the Lord had to close the, the garden so nobody could go in anymore. Genesis said that it was for them not to eat again from the fruit of the tree of life. In other words, sin closed the way for us to have eternal life, to have the, 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 the life that Jesus gives us. So, so there was a tree that was, in a way, life provider in the garden. Once that tree, once they lost access to the tree, then death took place in humankind at that time. So, back to the story in, in Exodus. I think it was like, I don't know, maybe 2,000 years after uh, uh, the Adam and Eve story. One more time, the Lord shows that there is a tree. The Bible doesn't say there was something special on the tree. It looked like a normal tree. Of all the things that were around, the last thing that you will think it was gonna be the solution for your problems was the tree. None of them ever imagined that casting that tree into the waters will turn them or change them into sweet waters that they could drink. So the Lord said, Hey, you know what? And knowing, we all know that a tree is a living being, right? A tree is alive. There is life in a tree. But if you cut it off, you die. I'm sorry, not you die, the tree dies. If you cut off a tree, there is no more life in it. So something or somebody if you will, had to die to change the waters. And that's why this tree is true. It's true, I'm sorry. It's true, a representation of Jesus Christ in our lives. And not only Jesus Christ, but his sacrifice on the cross. Him dying for us on the cross to give us life. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. The Bible, every time the the Bible um, talks, or especially the New Testament, every time the New Testament talks about the sacrifice of Jesus and the, in the cross, without saying the word sacrifice, there are two words that replace the word sacrifice. But in, in, a, in a way, they mean the same. The cross and the tree. When the New Testament talks of the tree, that Jesus died on a tree, it's not like he literally was nailed to, to a Maple tree, or to a or to a apple tree. They're making reference to the wood that he died on the cross, on a cross made of wood. But there's several uh, verses in the New Testament that talk about Jesus dying on the tree. This tree of life had to resign to. It's life to give us life. Is that making sense? The life provider had to let go his own life so we will have life in him. And that's what happened with the tree in the story of of the waters. Only by the death of that tree Casting it into the waters. The waters change from bitter to sweet. So back to my two points. Number one, when we get disappointments, man, who is expecting? Just to give an example, who's suspecting or who's waiting to have cancer? Nobody. Cancer or or any health problem will always take you by surprise. Nobody's waiting for the day, oh, I'm just waiting for the day that I will have diabetes, nobody. Every time the doctor's, uh, doctor says to a patient, hey, you're diabetic, it's like, huh? how come? After, yeah, after drinking two liters of Coca-Cola every day for 40 years, and you're surprised of being diabetic, But even no matter what you do, you will never expect to be diabetic. We drink or we have sugar, always thinking that nothing is going to happen. We eat all kind of of bad things, expecting that nothing is going to happen in the future. And that me, I am the first. But this is just an example. Disappointments will always be there when things does they don't work if you open a business and it didn't go the way uh, you were expecting nobody opens a business to not work you know what I mean like nobody is gonna say like oh I'm I'm gonna start my own business expecting that it won't work or expecting that I'll go bankrupt nobody But sometimes that kind of things happen. Things we're not expecting come to happen. That's life. The Lord never said that our life was going to be perfect and that everything will go without struggle. The Lord Jesus said, in life you will go through struggles, but I will be with you till the end. I will always be with you. So if, if I want to overcome disappointments, if, 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 if there's someone here that says, hey, you know what? This thing that happened a year ago, five years ago, or a week ago, or yesterday, or whenever happened, this disappointment, is making me better every day. Why that had to happen? I still don't understand why the Lord allowed this thing to happen. Why that problem had to happen to me. Why not to somebody else? And that is making you your life bitter. It's making your waters bitter. Jesus Christ and Him crucified to help you. To look at the cross. To know that the Lord... I want to make another parenthesis in here. Sometimes we think that just because something didn't work, then, oh, the Lord, God doesn't love me. And every time something bad happens, we associate that to the fact that God doesn't love me. But God already demonstrated his love, given his life on the cross. So if if I want to know if God loves me or not, I don't or I should not see the circumstances because the circumstances will vary. Like the stock market, I guess. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Never is going to be a a straight line. Always up and down. So circumstances might change all of the sudden without you expecting bad things to happen. But the cross, his sacrifice was done once and forever. It never changes. His love is always there. But if I'm not looking at his sacrifice, his love, the fact that he loves me. Why? Because he gave his life for me. No matter the circumstances that I'm going through, God loves me. It doesn't matter my mistakes. And I'm not saying go and and do stupid things. I'm not saying that. But even if you mistake, if you make mistakes, if you do wrong, God still loves you. He doesn't want to destroy you. His plans are way better than what we can imagine. His love, if you wanna know, again, if he loves you, don't look to the circumstances. Look to Jesus on the cross, dying for you. Look to the cross, look to the tree that died to make your water, your better waters sweet. So if you put your, uh, I close that parenthesis, back to the story. If you put those disappointments of life in the Lord's hands and if you think and if you confess Jesus Christ and Him crucified for my heart to heal, your life will turn from bitter into sweet. You will have hope. Why would we have hope? Because Jesus already died for me and He gave His life. For me he will give me everything else that I need not all what I want but all what I need all what he know or everything that he knows is good for us in the other hand that's talking about disappointments of life and then the other aspect when I am a bitter person for whatever reason. Because that's my, my my character. Hey, I was born a, a better person, so I'm gonna be better for the rest of my life. That's how God made me. No, 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 no. God doesn't want you to be to have a better life or to be a better person. God wants to bless you. In fact, God has already blessed you. But if we, don't, if we don't think of his blessings, especially the cross, if we turn away our eyes from the cross to circumstances or how much money um, I have in, in the bank or how much money your invest, investments are making. Oh, I invested, I don't know, $20,000 and I made $25. God loves me. Or I invested 20000 but I lost 5000 God hates me. No, that's not the way to know if God loves us or not. It is the cross. You can, you can go through any circumstances. And I'm not saying you will not suffer, because that's the process. Suffering. But you know what? In, in God, we know that The suffering is for a better purpose. It's for something better. It's to have something even better for our life. It can be our character. It can be our finances. Whatever it is. In God, we have the hope that everything works for the good of those who love him. So if you're saying, hey, I struggle. I need to... To, to love people, if you rec- recognize today or if we recognize today, hey, you know what? I need to love people more. I need to start saying hello to my brother, to my sister. I need to forgive my mom, my dad who hurt me or, or my husband who hurt me or my, I don't know, whoever hurt you. And you're saying, hey, I'm I'm, I'm so bitter for what happened. That thing that happened, whatever it was, made my life so bitter. I need to forgive, but I can't. Jesus Christ and Him crucified to help you to forgive. To know that God forgave you, therefore you have to forgive others. Knowing that, hey, (laughs) there is maybe a person... That you know what? Maybe I don't like him. This is just an example. Maybe you say, hey, I don't like this, this guy too much. I don't like, I don't know, my boss too much. Because he's always, whatever, he's a better person. I don't like to be with him. Or he's always talking about things I don't like, whatever. To know that Jesus died even for him. You might not like him. But Jesus loves him too. We have to love others. Because Jesus loves the world. Jesus loves everybody. How can I hate or reject what God loves? What he loves. What God loves. How can I not love what he loves? And I cannot choose. Between what to love and what not to love. There is no option. If God loves something or if God loves somebody, I have to love that person too. If God gave his life for that person because he loves him or he loves her so much, I need to love too. And if I can't, if, you, if I'm recognizing, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I still need more. You need that tree of life into your waters for the waters to be changed into sweet. And I go back to the example that I was talking about uh, churches. How, and, and again, this is in the worldwide church. Many people might say, hey, Pastor Nathan, but you know what? Church is not a social club. I'm not going there for nobody. I'm just going to, to, to worship the Lord, listen to the message, and then go home. I don't want to have interaction. I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm just, I don't know, accomplishing the, the law, if you will, of going to church, just praising the Lord, listening to the message, and, 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 and going back home. The Word says that all what we do is in vain if it's not of love. If we don't do it with love, then what's, what's the purpose? If we don't come to church to love others, to show our love to others, then what's the purpose of coming? How can we just come to church? Just to give an example again, this is just an example. How can we come to church and say, I'm coming to love God, but I'm not going to love my, my, uh, the brethren. I'm not going to love my brothers and sisters. So just to finish this message today, um, I just want to pray. I want uh, the worship team, if you guys want to come uh, um, and just play a song while we pray. If you say, if you're recognizing today, you're saying, hey, you know what? In this aspect of my life, maybe it's not your entire life. But if you're saying, hey, in this aspect of my life, I'm so frustrated because of this disappointment that I'm being bitter. Of of you're saying, hey, even though my entire life is so terrible. Even if you say, hey, I hate my life. Even if you are at that extreme of saying, I hate my life, I wish I'd die. There's people that go through that. That's the truth. There's people that might say, I totally hate my life. Today, there is a solution for that. Today, I want you to tell, I want to tell or say to you, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. That he doesn't want you to have a better life or to have a life of sadness and sufferings and disappointments. He wants to give you real life. Living waters inside of you. If you believe in him. If you trust him. If you put your life in in his hands. If you cast that tree into your waters. Only God through Jesus Christ and Him crucified can turn the bitter waters into sweet. So I want to pray, number one, for those that want to say, I want to give my life to Jesus, maybe somebody here, or somebody watching us online, saying, I'm, I'm, I have never given my life to the Lord. And I want my, I, I want to change in my life. I want to receive joy. I want to receive peace. I want to be a happy person. I want to be a person that that loves others. I want to be a person that everybody loves or that everybody sees that there is something special in me. That the love of God is in me. If you want to have that, you haven't given your life to the Lord, this is the time to do it. So if you are that that person, and I want the rest of the people here in the church to to uh, uh, pray with me too, just close your eyes and say this prayer with me. Not just to say it, but believing this in your heart. Father God, I accept Jesus as my Savior. Forgive me for my sins and mistakes. I repent, and I believe in Jesus as my Savior. Turn my bitterness into sweetness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And I want to pray, um, and I want to call the, uh, the uh, council members. Come here, and let's pray. We want to say, I want the Lord to change my life. Feel free to come here to the altar. We will pray for you. If you need healing, if you need a miracle, whatever you need, just come to the altar. And uh, and we will pray for you. So I will just say a, a prayer, blessings for you guys. If anyone feels like coming to the altar, come and we will pray for you guys father god in the name of jesus i just want to thank you for this time thank you for your love your mercy your grace thank you for the holy spirit thank you god because in you we have life i pray lord that anyone that is going through bitterness anyone that is going through disappointment Anyone that is saying, I need my life to change, I pray that you will work that in their lives. That you will work a change in their hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.